welcome to uh, another episode of the Forgiven podcast. Um, this is our second remote episode, and uh, I'm really excited that these are working because it means our guest um, guest book expands even more, which is awesome. Uh, today, I have a good friend of mine, a fellow, we'll say, production engineer, technician, all around tech guru is sort of how I like to describe him. Uh, that's a good friend of mine, James Dirksen. I don't actually know if you have like a proper title or anything. I meant to ask that, um, but he's joining us today. So, oh, thanks for having me. So, yeah, do you have like an actual like proper title or anything that you like go by in terms of like the church you work at and stuff, or is it just technical director would be the the formal title for sure. I think it encompasses pretty good, you know, directing yeah. the techs. Yes, absolutely. And, and and I like how you said that. It's not just directing the, the tech, but techs is in like multiple like people, right? Cause I'm yeah, assuming it's that all that's about a, people. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll get into that. Um, and so I brought James on because he and I obviously are both, I'm not technically a technical director anymore. I still do a lot of those things. Um, but he and I both run productions for our churches. Um, I work alongside our worship pastor, just like I'm assuming you work alongside your worship staff yep. um, and all that. And so, and just to be clear, James's church, Cover Temple Winnipeg, is like incredible. Uh, their their quality and their production value is just like incredible. And it's, it's not that we play the comparison game, but it's just like they've just been doing it a little longer and they have like more experience and just like you guys were like kind of at the forefront of some of this stuff. Uh, yeah, too, we've right? been really blessed with uh, early on. That was always a focus, and they they wanted to sow those seeds in different areas. I think we might have been one of the first ones that did radio broadcasts way back in the day, and yeah. then they jumped right over to television. Uh, I forget the year on that, but we've been doing TV broadcasts for probably thirty to forty years, I believe, at this point. And, and you still broadcast on TV, right? Uh, just online, actually. Uh, okay. At the beginning of COVID, we re-strategized and focused more online. We've been streaming since about 2010. So that oh, was okay. a nice... We've been prepared. You know, when, when March 15th hit of 2020, we uh, weren't with our head in the sand. So we had a, a pretty decent understanding and the equipment was there. But oh, okay. uh, yeah, once COVID hit and uh, we realized that our, our TV broadcast was better served if we put those uh resources and time into online yeah i gotcha um man i i would love to do radio at some point in my career of just like being a pastor or whatever and i guess podcasting is pretty similar it's like kind of there but like man to get stuff like that on the radio oh man that'd be so cool. yeah we've, we've really come back around yeah podcast like, just exploded and we just we're doing radio again but a new frontier yeah it's just like I was going to say portable radio, but all radio yeah. is portable. Um, <laughs> On-demand radio, I guess, is more the idea. Um, mm -hmm. But the reason I brought James on is because it seems like, especially in the last like three to four years, I mean, COVID obviously was a big factor in this, but it seems like churches have now finally kind of realized that like, man, there's actually something to like this technology world and like reaching new people in that. But also like, I think a lot of people sort of almost have a negative view of like church production in some ways, or at least from what I've witnessed, not necessarily in my own church, but just, you know, capital C like church overall. It just seems like some people are really like against church production and like why we do some of the things that we do. And so I kind of wanted to get into that a little bit with you and just discuss like, what's the big deal with church production? Why do we do like, the things that we do why do we have like fancy colored moving lights and like why do we like and i'm not saying we have to have those but it just seems like why do churches do that why like why like why do we have that why do we have like vocal effects or like why do we even have a sound system when we could just do acapella every sunday you know it's like yeah why do we do that like i i have some ideas but i kind of thinking just overall like what are your thoughts on like church production in general like why do we do it yeah, I think the, the context matters and it's always about your congregation that you're serving to. And so we're we're trying to create an atmosphere where we're able to minister to the people that we've been, you know, in stewardship of. So in some churches, acapella worship may be the best thing. Uh, and some churches we're trying to draw in a different crowd and serve them differently. And maybe that means 
creating a lighting atmosphere that helps remove distractions from their everyday life. Um, and maybe we're doing this as an outreach ministry. We're not looking to the world for how to do things, uh, but we're looking to go, you know, this is what they're experiencing outside. Uh, and we can tell the, the gospel story in a way that captivates them because this is what they're used to, but we're focusing on the gospel 100%. At the, at the point that we start creating distractions with the, the production tools that we're using, whether moving lights or colors or fog or all this other stuff, yeah. that's the point that we've crossed that line where we're no longer playing with tools, but we're playing with toys. Absolutely. I love the way that you put that, uh, playing with tools versus playing with toys, because I think so many times people just have this idea that uh, what we're doing is like trying to, it, it almost seems like we're just trying to be the next like cool, like attraction and sensation, right? Like it's like, Oh, we're going to be like a concert and that's what will bring people in. And, or, you know, it's like, and no, I don't, I think maybe, yeah, sure. Maybe there are churches that think like that. Absolutely. But I think the vast majority of people in this production space actually want to use these as like real tools to help empower that experience to help like people like come and actually like experience something like brand new like i'll be honest i mean i've had some like amazing experiences with just myself and alone somewhere but i've also had even more incredible experiences with the lord at like these we'll say bigger style like churches and stuff like that because it, it it's almost like i'll be honest it's mesmerizing sometimes when i walk into like a new place and I just see like the amount of like quality time and like energy that is put into like putting on this experience for us. And it really, for me, puts me in that like worshipful attitude. Now I understand that's very, that's very different for me than somebody else. Cause I can admire and look up and see like, Holy cow, they're running like, Oh wow. They got like 40 Robe spiders up there. Like that's really <laughs> awesome. I wish we had those, but I think some people can come into that and just be like, wow, that's like, I don't know. I feel like there's an awe factor that comes into it as well of like, you want to show people like we're here and like, it's it's glorifying to God in a sense too. As long as you don't become arrogant, there's obviously a fine line there. Yeah, when you're using your gifts and your creative gifts uh, on mission in that regard, it it allows you as a, a spectator, when you come into the church, they go, wow, they've really done this with excellence. Yes. And uh, it creates this atmosphere where maybe you're in awe, but you're in awe of the right thing, right? You might be in awe because you know what the Roby spiders are and all these other lights. <laughs> yeah. But it, it creates this, it just like, it preps your heart. It, it's cultivating this moment where you're in awe of God's goodness. And if we can yes. use our creative gifts to physically create a space that spiritually enhances us, that's hopefully what the goal is. You caught me at a good end of a trip that I just came back from uh, Disney World with the family and seeing what they do. You know, it's a magical place. That's the whole like shtick yeah. of Disney. Um, but they're very much they have their own mission and vision of creating this magical experience. And it's almost similar. It's It's two different reasons, but they're both aiming towards something. Yeah. that we're creating the space of awe and magic and sense of wonder. And you can see it on the kids' faces when they walk in. And to create that in a church space for the right purpose, uh, it's just a beautiful effect that really preps their hearts for, for the message. And, and you talk a lot about, and I love that you mentioned this, you talk a lot about using like creative skills. I think people get it wrong sometimes when they think about like church production. They think you have to be this like, super calculated like person who knows how to code and they and they see the soundboard in front of them with like 400 buttons on it and and it looks like a something from the death star and it's like <laughs> and, and, and let's be real it can be a little intimidating absolutely but it really is a creative like expression for a lot of people at least i know for myself it is like anytime i get the chance to like do sound for an event or lights or camera or whatever like i am recognizing that this is a way for me to like serve and use my gifts and talents that like might, I might not get to do other places, which I think is like really, really awesome. I think that looking at it in that lens of, of creativity and uh, like awesomeness in a sense, I think really like adds to it. And um, which I think is like, 
really, really awesome. And so I wanted to ask you, how did you get started? Like how, like give us a little bit of the journey as to like how you ended up like in this sort of space. Like what, what happened? Yeah, I was fortunate enough to go to uh Linden Christian school in Winnipeg and they're tied to a church, Grant Memorial church. So they have weekly worship chapels and stuff, but they're able to use this large facility. Uh, and Grant Memorial Church is a very well-equipped uh, technically wise. And so they need a lot of volunteers. And so from a young age, uh, they have students who go through training. Uh, I was probably in grade six or seven. You know, I want to yeah. touch all the fancy buttons and flash the lights. Um <laughs> And from that point, and I come from a, a family background of production, and my dad's been in it uh, for a very long time through youth conventions. But that that school was probably the first formal, you know, I'm doing this weekly, I'm learning how to do sound, uh, and very much like the nitty gritty, you're learning what EQ is and gain, yeah. and you're learning how all this stuff works. Um, but from there, that really carried on, and uh at Manhattan Beach Retreat Center, um, uh, Christian camp there, I was able to use those skills that I learned through school and through my my dad and stuff like that. And I worked there for a couple of years in my late teens. Um, and then I was able to use those skills to eventually I, I went back to the high school because they needed someone. Hey, we need someone else to train. You know, you've done this for years. Can you pour into these students' lives? And sort of circle of life momentum, I was able to I think about six years, train students from grade six all the way to grade 12. They'd have weekly chapels. They have music productions. They have choir recordings for radio and stuff like that. So it's a really good opportunity to sew back into students. So that was probably a pivotal moment of doing that for a couple of years. I had a lot of students that was able to train and mentor. Uh, some of those are lifelong friends right now. And a lot of them have gone into the production world and I'm not going to take credit for all that, but uh, being able to play a role in that has been a really meaningful moment. Yeah. And um, after that, I I've, I've, was in university at the time. I was working at, at that school part-time and uh, working at cancer care, doing some cell research and going a very different path. And I really felt the pull in 2019, I had two opportunities come up, one to work at Calvary Temple and one to change my role into something more full-time at uh, Linden Christian School. And uh, just praying about that and sort of took a break on school and took the plunge into that. And not uh, long before I knew it, COVID hit. And I was in a, a place that I was able to help CT transition to what the new online realm looks like and help Linden Christian School help transition online classrooms and uh, other virtual aspects. So that's a little bit of background. Um, wow. I do a lot of lighting uh, and building projects for conferences and concerts. And that's can, more of the creative side. So, And I can say he's very gifted in that. I have been, I have been a very small piece in some of those uh, big projects that you've been able to put on. And I, I yeah, it, it's incredible. Like some of the stuff that you've been able to accomplish is uh it's it's no short of like like awesome like really like i oh, i thank you yeah i like some of the i got okay i just gotta brag okay what you did at the the gathering i think like a year or two ago maybe it was two years ago with like the clouds everywhere you had like, oh yeah all, that was sweet i like i know this is an audio podcast only but man it was so <laughs> cool he had like he had like cotton ball type stuff like strewn all over this like sanctuary. And then he had like lights running through it that made it like pop and look like clouds and stuff. It was so cool. <laughs> yeah. I cleared out a lot of Michaels of their build a bear stuffing. That's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and so I, I just appreciate that your focus in that whole story wasn't on like the technology, but it was on the relationships and the students and the discipleship aspect of it. Because I think a lot of people actually kind of, the outside looking in anyway, don't think about what we do as like discipleship and, and, and building relationships. A lot of it, I think people look at it as like, we're just needing a volunteer to sit there and fulfill a role. And maybe some of that's true, mm -hmm. but I know for me, the reason like I love what I do isn't because, you know, I get to play with all the fancy new toys or anything like that. I mean, yeah, that's a fun like side of it. But for yeah. me, it is the training and the relationship building and 
just seeing the joy on a student's face when they like learn how to do something and they're just like in awe that they like learned how to eq where it's like i was i taught this girl uh back in saskatoon i was there she was a homeschool student and she like wanted extra credits and stuff and so i just taught her how to video edit wasn't anything like serious but i you know showed her how to cut trim reset some audio whatever like very basic stuff and she eventually like took over for us like all of our podcasts and like weekly sermon uploads and she killed it she like absolutely killed it and just the joy that she had that she got to come in every you know day and like feel like it was like her job almost and she was like no i have to come in and i'm gonna edit and all this stuff and like i eventually started giving her like other projects and she made promo videos and she just started shooting stuff on her own and just like and i haven't talked to her in a little while so i don't know if she's still doing that um but it was like i think it was just incredible and um and i think that's just i think that's one of those really big ideas big deals behind like church production is like it's a ministry just like anything else yeah and, no uh, allowing people to realize their gifts and help them along the way uh it's just a beautiful aspect of it and, and every other ministry has an experience like that i'm sure like you know getting someone to play the guitar and seeing that click for the first time in their head uh and production and show like all these ministries you know we're able to play a part where and especially because these gifts they carry outside of the church yeah uh and they're able to do it for so many different reasons and to kickstart them in the right direction of uh you know we're going to teach them the technical the clipping and the video editing but you know the the purpose and the reason that person isn't clipping and editing just because they learned how to click two buttons they they understood the reason yeah exactly they they it's establishing a servant's heart and like just establishing like responsibility even like it's a lot of that kind of really really important life building stuff and for me i just to trail back real quick i actually got started in all of this stuff pretty much the exact same way you did not in terms of going to a christian school but like i just saw a bunch of fancy buttons one day and was like i'm gonna gonna learn how to do that and i did and i slowly started taking on more and more and then i had like a really good mentor of mine come behind me and start like training me and actually like like not just like teaching me on like a sunday morning like how to do stuff it was like oh hey logan we're like installing a new projector you should come by the church and i'm gonna show you how to like set it up and then like and he just invited me along the process and through that i was able to learn like so much and not even just about like like how to install our projector i mean like that is super contextual based on as to how it, you know, like some of the skills are pretty, pretty hard, but a lot of it is just knowing where to aim it and all that stuff. And that's all based on the venue. But I learned like actual like life skills and stuff like that. I learned how to use tools. Like I didn't have a dad, I didn't have a dad growing up. So nobody really taught me how to use tools and stuff like that. So this, this mentor of mine, he taught me how to use it. He showed me how to use an impact. He showed me how to do all these kinds of things and just like brought me along on his like, journey and i am like forever grateful for that and i think that's a lot of what like you do right i mean like i'm assuming yeah and for a lot of a lot of churches like that's the only avenue that that kind of work can happen you know some places you might have uh churches that have ministries for building and carpentry you might learn some of those skills but a lot of places those practical things come through in the tech because it's so encompassing right installing a projector may not be the standard uh for most places where you would learn that, but uh, in a lot of churches, it you do everything, you know, yep, absolutely. And being able to learn those skills, the the simple life, you know, basic woodworking, how to measure uh, once and cut twice, or measure twice and cut once. So <laughs> get confused on that one. Yeah, but uh, it's yeah, it's amazing to to mentor students like that. I've uh, early on when we started doing lighting projects of uh, some things like LED tape. Uh, I would have students over uh, in the summer from the school, probably 10 of them. And I would go out and I bought the 10 cheapest soldering irons and we went over the basics and they helped build things for probably some of the projects you've seen. Yeah. But uh, for a lot of these kids, like they, that's the first time they've ever learned it. And a lot of them carried through it for other things, you know, maybe it's uh, helping build something for their church. I still get calls from a couple guys that are involved locally and they go, James, how did I, how do I do this again? And I help them out whoever I can, but 
they wow. yeah they carry on with those skills like it's at, at they're able to use it creatively in so many different ways um yep. some students at uh at calvary temple like you teach them a couple things uh and they the next month you come back and you they just revamped everything oh, and you're like man. how did you like where did you learn that well you showed me this and then i and then i googled this and then i went on youtube and i found this and then i yeah and you know it may not be up to code and the electrical i you know oof, but like the creativity's there absolutely and you can keep honing that and it's uh yeah like some of those guys they're they're doing this full time now uh, a couple of these students they're working for the jets on the production side of things and like wow that's awesome <laughs> but yeah it's just really cool to see where that goes and it's such a fulfilling thing uh you know and they'll surpass you you know like I got people that are doing stuff like, man, you know what? That's an amazing opportunity. I'm not doing that. Uh, And I'm not going to be jealous. I'm just so happy that you found a spot where you can serve and they get recognized because of their faith. Like it's, Mm. it's very obvious that people with bad attitudes uh, and better technical skills, they're not going to get as far. I, uh, when I was in Bible college, I did a couple of like side gigs here and there of just like kind of doing some lighting and, and whatever. And it is, I mean, just, just to kind of be real, like the, the production world for the most part with the exclusion of churches is a pretty, like, I'll say like tough place to work in, in terms of like culture and everything like that. Like, it's just like, when you think about everything, like they're, you're doing concerts and all these big venues and the whole idea is, is glorifying things that Christians don't necessarily you know, enjoy. Right. So stepping into those uh, avenues uh, for me was a little challenging. Right. I wasn't used to like, you know, some of that stuff. And I'll be honest, like having a director tell me what to do for the first like while was like really difficult, even like even at my like and, and it was just a heart check for me. I'll just be honest. It was just like I thought I was, you know, the you know, God's gift to lighting. So I was like, <laughs> I don't need, I don't need, just give me the call sheet. I don't need your cues. I could do it, whatever. Yeah. And, 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 and a lot of them, they don't take that. They just yell at you or whatever. And you learn very quickly the, the, the pecking order, but yeah, I, that's so amazing to hear that these students that, you, that you've helped disciple and train up are being recognized for their faith and like in these unfaithful environments. Like that's, that's truly an amazing like feat and God just is be glorified through that. And like, and yourself too, like that's incredible. And that's, excuse me, that's what we're trying to, to do as churches overall, right. Is, is to build our people up and send them out so that they could too, can be recognized for their faith and do that. And I think you're doing that incredibly well. So just, just patch on the back for that one because. <laughs> oh, thank uh, you. And it's talking about like training students and stuff. Um, Obviously, that comes with its challenges sometimes, I would say, uh, in terms of like, um, I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's just me. But sometimes I will say like some of my volunteers and stuff like that. I love them all to death. And everyone that I've dealt with here at my new church has been fantastic. (laughs) Um, But other times it seems like teenagers sometimes have this they have a bad rap to them. And, (laughs) And I'm not saying they do. I'm just saying it does seem like from the outside looking in, it does seem like sometimes teenagers get this negative connotation to them in terms of like volunteering or it's like, they're not going to do that. They don't have the attention span. You're going to trust them with this, that, and the other. And it's like, I'm here to say, yes, I am going to trust them to do that. If anything, they're going to be better at it than I would. And I want to like build them up in that. And so again, just encourage you that like, thank you for doing that. Just like as another kingdom worker, like that's, that's amazing. Yeah, I've certainly had my fair share of students uh, hop over to Tim Hortons during during what should be a service time. But yeah, you if you impart the the vision and mission of what you're trying to do, and again, no one's perfect, but yeah. if if they're not just a, a button pusher and they're actually uh, have a task that's greater than that, and they understand that, you you're able to delegate a lot more. We're like, hey, you're actually in charge of this, and I yeah. I need you to take on that responsibility. Uh, and it changes things because otherwise uh, someone else can press the button this week. I, yeah. I need a donut, you know, um, and it's, it's difficult for sure. But uh, it's rewarding think- when they when that clicks for them and with maturity and stuff comes. But like I've had students in grade six who get it. And I've had students in grade 10 that don't. Yeah. And everyone's just a little different. But absolutely. 
Now, my I guess my question is, did they at least bring you back something when they left? Um, <laughs> I think so. I think they're pretty nice. I made oh, okay. a, an effort to bring Slurpees for them whenever we did productions, like uh, large musical ones. So they, yeah, yeah. you know, it was reciprocal. There you go. Um, yeah. I guess I, now I want to talk about. We we kind of mentioned we talked a lot about the benefits of of church production in the beginning about how it creates this this awesome like experience and it, and it eliminates distractions and and all these but I I want to talk about some of the challenges that come with uh like church production I know we kind of just mentioned that a little bit with you know scheduling teenagers and all that stuff <laughs> um but. What are some of the other challenges that come with this like church production world, especially as the church goes forward into 2023 with like the online uh, like media that we have now, like the, the pressure that's almost put on churches to to get with the times, so to speak? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's remaining on on your mission and whatever your mission is that you have set, you know, at CT, it's to reach people of all ages, cultural backgrounds and nationalities, worship together. And so it's how can we, what are we doing to work towards that? I mentioned already, like, you know, make sure that there are tools and not not toys that you're playing yeah. with. Um, because we have the option with with every tool that we have, we have the option to, to push it where it's not focused on bringing people mm. together and worship. And so are you creating distractions for your congregation, uh, whether it be doing too much for like lighting or not paying attention uh, and your audio mix and all that. There's a lot of different ways that you can stray from that. Um, and stewardship of what you're, of what you've been provided, you know, mm -hmm. how are you taking care of the people that you've been equipped with, uh, and the physical equipment as well. But, you know, how are you treating people in your church production world? They're, they're not just, uh, Hey, I need to fill a role. I got to schedule you this week. Um, their, their relationship, is is up front like it's one of the most important things to to keep because otherwise you're going to lose people because you treat them like tools <laughs> you treat them mm. like equipment absolutely um and that's a hard balance right because when you get tired in the in your role you might forget those things and so it's creating a family around that um where you understand where you're going towards as a church absolutely which i i can't i I've talked to other people about this just in my own personal life. And I have to say, I love that the first thing you talked about was the people, man. I just, I can't reiterate that enough to those listening. It's like, like we care more about the people in the room than we do about the, you know, the $20,000 sound system. I cannot emphasize that enough. Like as much as we push for these things and we love those things, we care more about you in the seat and you are volunteer. At least I can say that for myself. And I think I can say that for you too. And I just, I have to keep telling you, that's so awesome. That is the first thing you talk about. It's like, you want to steward the people. You want to steward the, uh, it's just incredible. I'm blown away. Knock my socks off. <laughs> I, I guess, now this is, this is something that I would like to really work. How do you handle backlash? How do you handle negative criticism? Because mm. I'm sure I can attest to this anyway. Everybody they say the sound person in the production team is supposed to be invisible, right? That's kind of the whole idea. We're supposed to eliminate the distraction, you know, be seen, but unseen. And, but everybody knows when we mess up, right? They all turn their heads and they, you know, look back at you. And, you know, it seems like everybody has an opinion on what it should look like, what it should sound like. Uh, and may maybe you're just blessed in that way. And if you are, yeah, fantastic. I don't think I've ever experienced that. I think I'm ready for the next really? question. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course, you know, everyone, we, we have a pretty diverse audience at, at CT. And I'm sure most people do. And yeah. so when it comes to, you know, this is too loud. I have a light in my eye. Why is it like this? We don't need these lights to worship, you know, and so everyone's in a different spot. Um, and that's that's difficult to accommodate everyone. And, uh, you know, like the odd time we do get, uh, you know, this is wrong. Or I don't like this. It's it's trying to get them to a place of understanding and maybe, maybe something went wrong and that wasn't your intention. Um, and so you can discuss that with them and you can discuss the intention of why we're doing, because if you tell them uh, that it sounds good and your ears are bad and you're the problem, you want to go, no, let's, let's talk about, you know, what's your preference. 
but why are we doing it the way we are? And if it was an issue, then be honest and discuss that with them. But if that's, if it's how you intended it to sound, you know, if you, if the guitar solo was intentional and they just don't like guitar solos, talk to them about why, no, I'm not the music guy. So I don't, I don't have a good defense for guitar solos aside. Yeah. They're a great time. But I know what you mean. um, Yeah. And so like, you know, why were the lights like this? Uh, And just try to get to a place of understanding of this is where we're going or this is what we're trying to accomplish. Uh, And we want you on board because as we serve all these different generations, we've all grown up in different times where this wasn't the normal. You know, I didn't grow up with the fancy lighting. I grew up in whatever. Right. And so trying to discuss the intentionality of that, of creating this atmosphere of creating a space that feels uh, inviting for different generations is, is very tricky. Um, but like I, one of our verses that we use is Psalm 33, sing to him a new song, play skillfully with a shout of joy. And I think if you break that down, sing to him a new song, you know, a, a new song, we're trying to bring a new song to God and that's through his grace. And so for different generations, that song is going to change. You know, we're going to, we're not going to sing the name, the same song yeah. for the last 50 years. As we, as our generations experience God's grace in different ways, we're going to rejoice differently. Still with, you know, skillfully and with a shout of joy. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be new. And so we have to come from an understanding of this is what this generation's call is or new song is. Yeah. Which I think, and I mean, for me, truthfully, I think that's sort of a dying joke in that like people are complaining a lot because like realistically i've had a couple of people come up to me and been like you know like oh my son's in the band and i can't hear him and then it's like oh man he's not playing this isn't his song so i don't know what you <laughs> i'm sorry i was like he i think you know it's not his section or yeah. or like the occasional time it's like a choir oh man, I do not like doing sound for choirs because they think that you have control over each individual per, and maybe some do, right? Like maybe, maybe some do, but at least in my context, there wasn't, it was, we had four choir mics and that was that. And I, I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I can't really do anything about that. Like, you know, we do it, you know, and I explain to them why and nine times out of 10, most people will go and sit down and, you know, they might be a little upset, but I think a lot of the times they get it. Um, but Truthfully, I think even our older generation, I have to give them credit, at least in all the churches that I've been at, I think they kind of get it in terms of like why we're doing some of the things that we're doing. Uh, I have had very little interaction with like somebody like really upset against some of the, you know, more production-y type things that like we've done. And like you said, a lot of it is just misinformation and then just not having understanding of like why we're doing it, right? Like the biggest one that we've had is like haze, right? It's like, Oh no, the church is on fire. Why is there smoke on the stage? Well, the church should be on fire, but for absolutely. different reasons. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then and then it's, you know, I saying like, well, no, it's not on fire or anything like that. Nothing's breaking. It's odorless. It's basically just water. Like there's <laughs> like 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 real like realistically, it's just water with like some particulates in it. Like it's really nothing yeah, bad. Yeah and and whatever and then you explain that to them and you know most of them eventually will kind of just like get over it um because they'll realize that it's kind of an indisputable matter it doesn't really you know yeah well i think there's there's good ways to to do that i most of the stuff we do in production should be should be obvious the intention because of the effect it's creating and so sometimes haze is over overdone uh and it's too obvious like and and again, I, I completely understand. I've had people, you know, maybe kick uh, a fog or haze machine sometimes when they're near it. They don't like it. Um, oh. And and when you start to to create the atmosphere, and I keep saying atmosphere, but when you when the effect is obvious, like haze yeah. is reverb for lights in the simplest At way. Hundred percent. Yep. And so if they can understand one one thing, like reverb, you know, why do we have reverb on vocals? Well, it makes us sound like we're larger than we are. And that's not a self-glorifying thing. No, but it, it makes us, uh, it, it envelops us in worship. Uh, and Hayes can do the same thing, but it has to be done tastefully, obviously. Yes. Uh, and so when we do those things with excellence and we do them well, you know, the questions start to fade because they see the fruit of what we're doing. Um, and, and truthfully, we haven't had a lot of complaints over the last couple of years of why we do what we do, because 
we've we've been working at it consistently um and we we get to the point where people are able to see why we do what we're doing um and choirs you know i think everyone always struggles with choirs uh yeah. there's a vast range of people they're very difficult to get to sound good but if you take the time uh recently we changed up our placement of choir microphones and the choir is very confused. You know, why are the mics so high up in the air? I'm pretty much standing underneath it. How how am I? I'm not going to be heard. The mic's over my head. And so you start to explain, you know, let's try it out. I want you to come back and listen. And it's that place of understanding. And they, mm. the person I least expected after pretty much gave me a hug. I haven't heard them sound like that. It's so well balanced. And, you know, at the choir, obviously, they're making the sound. I'm just trying to amplify it. Yeah, we're just making um, but it when you, yeah, and so, but when you're able to try out some different solutions, explain what your rationale is, because a lot of times people go, ah, I don't like working with them, and you stick something somewhere and you say that's the best it's going to get, is what it is, and that's never the case, you know. Maybe in the last minute, the timing, whatever, you can't work on something further, but if you can take the time, hey, can you come in? I want to try some different things with you, and then you're both working together. You know, when people give criticism there's there's other i think there's two things that they're truly saying is that they don't like it because they like an old way or they don't like it but they're willing to be part of the solution yes and enabling them to be a part of the solution uh changes their whole perspective on things and when you when you allow it to bring them in and go hey let's work on this together uh they take ownership on some part of that and then 100%. you know what maybe they're on your team Maybe you just recruited a volunteer from someone yeah. who didn't like what you're doing to understood what you're doing to learning how you're doing, and then they're doing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, getting them to a place of understanding through trial and error, through you know cooperative solutions, it, it's a great way to get people involved and just to go. Everyone's on the same page. Like it's you're able to communicate those things very easily. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say. For anybody that's that that's listening, you know, this is a bit more of a specialized topic in that not everybody will quite relate to being technical directors or anything. But I've always said this, and I probably say this once every podcast, and I'm going to keep saying it until people actually start to internalize it and listen. The church is like a is like a sports team. It's more like a football team. I say there is a position for everybody, right? Like in football, if you're a bigger guy like myself, then I'm going to play offensive line. But if you're, you know, it's 6'4 and, you know, 120 pounds soaking wet, then I'm going to put you as a receiver because you're quick and you're tall, right? And, and, and so I, I relate that to if, like, if you are amazing, you know, gifted vocally, then please go and serve in, like, in your choir, in your worship team. Or, like, like we want you to, like, to be involved because, like, A, we want to, like, help develop you and make you better, but like B, we want to give you a place to honor God with your gift, you know? And for me, when it comes to like production, I don't think a lot of people are naturally gifted. We'll say at like operating a camera, right? Like I, as in terms, you know, compared to vocally anyway, right? Like you could, most people can either sing or they can't, right? And there's some training that you can work on and, and you can get better. I don't know if you truly want to, you really can. Um, but operating a camera isn't something like, I don't think we're inherently born with like good vocals. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, well, I think something I've heard a long time ago was uh, God equips the the called. He doesn't always equip the uh, enable. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And so he'll if if you're called to it, he will equip you for that role. So I mean, like, yeah, you don't know how to work a camera, but if you you have a passion for it and you're called to it, you know what? He's going to put you in a place where you're going to get trained mm -hmm. you're going to get equipped for that 100 percent, and and so i say that to say like production is like a great place for anybody that just wants to try out serving as well right i think and and i'm going to speak for my context that i want i want to hear your like your team uh rationale but for me like a lot of people come in and some may want to try start trying to serve and they might not know where they they want to go. And so, you know what, maybe I'll put them as a greeter, but if they're not really friendly, then they're not going to be a good greeter. Or like, if they don't want to make like, so for me, I always like to try to, you know, offer them up a production spot because 
it's one that if they're nervous, they're not seen as much. And it, it, it sort of a, eliminates a lot of that stress in that regard. But I love to just give people a chance to like try something. I've never um, like to all the volunteers and stuff. I'm never going to ask you to like do it again. If you didn't like it, I don't ever want you to feel forced, obligated or like peer pressured into like serving. If you come and you try to do sound and it's just not for you, Hey, thank you for coming and giving your time and trying to serve. Um, but Hey, let's try to find you a different area to serve, right? Like that, that's always been my goal. And so I want people listening to know that if you're looking for a place to serve, like, don't be afraid to like step out and try something it, and you might not, it might not be for you, but at least you tried it and then you can try to go to the next thing. Um, yeah, so I don't know if- for sure. Yeah. One of the simplest things people can volunteer for is, you know, running lyrics on your Sunday. And it's not yes. it's not an easy task. It takes a lot of oh a uh, lot of focus to maintain that. But what you're doing is you're leading the congregation in part of worship. If they weren't there, you know what you would a the band might not know what they're singing because it's a lot of lyrics to remember, but you're you're leading the congregation. And uh, it's one of the simpler things of, hey, do you want to try this out on a on a practice? Because if you have a practice yeah. during the week and there's a lot of ways where you can put people in and go, you know what? If it doesn't work, there will so many different places where you can serve. And it's all about creating a, a family within your team. If they're sitting off in a corner and they're not making connections, you know, what? they're probably not going to keep at it unless they're very introverted and, and whatever. But like, yeah, we want to put them in a spot where they feel like they're part of a community. Uh, and so maybe it's, you know, having food on your practice or having a breakfast outside of the church world to connect with your your volunteer team. But doing those kind of things like this past week, we had a dinner for all our church volunteers. and We played some fun games together. And it's it's a time that you can branch out and meet people that, you know, maybe you're not hanging out with the choir. Maybe you're not hanging out with the vocals or whatever. But it goes it creates a community that, you know, you might have people in the back, the production people. They're 80 feet away from the stage. Uh, but if you can cultivate this this community within your within your team, it it makes it, hey, you don't just because you don't want to do this, you're still part of the family. Absolutely. We'll find a place for you. But the yes. most important thing is that you're in this church and you're in this yes. community. Yep. I could not agree more. Uh and so I just gotta say, like production ministry. Excuse me. I did the podcasting rookie mistake of eating before this, and I got the. <laughs> um, uh, but like the the church is meant to be a place where people can come and experience new things and try and learn and grow. It's not meant to. We're not meant to just come and ingest. We're also meant to to come and give our energy and give our strength and give our skills. Um, and so, so I encourage anybody listening if you're at your church. Um, please like go and talk to, go and talk to a ministry leader, go and get involved, try something. And it doesn't just because we're talking about production ministry, maybe you have no intention of ever touching something like that. That's fine. A lot of what we're talking about is still relevant to every other ministry ever about creating community and joining. Um, and I've ha- interviewed a couple other people on the show and a lot of them uh, actually it's been unanimous. The best way to connect with your church is to get involved serving. Because you now have a common goal together with others to, you know, achieve your church's mission, which, you know, uh, you know, is helping people find and follow Jesus. Right. And so, um, yeah, I just encourage everybody listening. If you feel disconnected or whatever, get serving, talk to a ministry leader, get involved. Because, I mean, I can say from experience, that's how I found my church families over the years was I started serving. Um yeah, and if you have a gift already that you do outside of the church and you want to go, how can I use that for the church? It maybe sounded all these, like, there's a lot of different concrete roles that we have to produce a Sunday. But hey, if you're really good at painting, one of the best volunteers I know at CT, he paints. And he may paint a wall. He may do this, but he also paints creatively. Yeah. And maybe your church has no need for that at the moment. But I bet if you ask them or contact them, they will create an outlet for you to use your gift in the church. That's the whole point. If you're able to use your gifts for God and whatever they are, we've had people who, you know, when COVID hit, their job is communications. 
Uh, and they go, you know what? I want to be able to use my gift for this. And part of their thing, hey, we want you to go on our online chat on a Sunday, on a Wednesday, whenever you have services and engage with people that are watching the streams. Yep. Uh, and they took that on. They took that on as they're like, hey, I can do this. I, I know the right things to say. You're creating community online. Uh, and that's something that, you know, we didn't have before. It's a, a new thing that because that's what their gift was, they're able to use that in the church. And it could yeah. fall under the scope of production. It doesn't matter, right? But yeah, if you got something already that you're really passionate about and you want to use it for the Lord, they'll create a space for you. And and that's the thing. Everybody benefits when you do it, when you use your gifts. Every single person benefits. Um so please don't shy away and hide away your gifts because like we want to, I know that I personally want to see every person using their gifts and talents for God. And it may, heck if you're, even if, even if my team never grows from people listening to this, that's fine. I just want to know people are out there serving God and just like, just being, you know, just serving him because it, it just makes me so happy. Um, and I'll say this, nothing has given me more joy uh, in the last like six, seven months than something that happened this week. So uh, here we do like uh, like we do actual like ministry training on Monday nights, like devoted ministries. And so I've been um, doing that and I run like our media department. So every week I take a group of kids and I show them how to like do media related things. So I've showed them the very basics of sound, lights, and you know, I'm teaching about like a key light and then a fill light and stuff like that. And do they really remember all of it? No, because I quiz them and it's just, they just forget all the time. Um, but it's like I could teach them the parts of a camera, like the lens, the body, the battery, all that stuff. And it's like they are like excited to use it. And so it's like for me also like doing like all of our social media and like our communication stuff, man, they just they kill it. All of like our last like three big events that we've done, I used that media team to like create funny videos and those are some mm-hmm. of the most viewed and liked videos <laughs> like in like th- that I've put out since I've been here. And it's just a bunch of like grade six and seven boys goofing around and making up a funny skit. But they're the ones that like operate the camera and like do this and that. And it's like, I'll edit the clips together. Cause that's something I can do throughout the day, but it's like, it's so much fun and exciting. And just this, just <laughs> starting tomorrow or no Sunday. It's not, um, I'm going to have like two brand new camera operators who have never done it on a Sunday before, but it's like, I'm super excited because they're like young, they're in grade six and they were, they ran up to me on Monday and they're like, Pastor Logan, Pastor Logan, we want to volunteer. We're so excited, blah, blah, blah. blah. And I was like, I almost cried. I'm not going to lie. I got, awesome. a little te- I got a little teary eyed because it's, that's, that's why I, that's why we do it is to get people involved is to see them flourish and stuff. And so I don't say that braggingly. I say it in terms of like, I'm just very, very excited um like for this next generation because i think a lot of them are gonna like surpass us in like so many ways like i hope so yeah oh man our there our our one camera operator right now she is absolutely the best and she she will she has outdone me in every single way ever it's like i i don't even know how much left i have to teach her really i'm (laughs) like i'm at that point where i'm like nope you're better than me yeah and, and 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 i'm honored and I'm truly honored that I can sit back on a Sunday and just like let her go and watch. And I don't have to like do it. She just takes initiative and does that. It's incredible. Right. And I'm yeah, sure that's like, awesome. Um, now I always have a couple of like fun questions that I like to end um, the podcast with, cause we're kind of getting uh, ending up running out of time. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I want to hear one of your like funniest like production stories like we all have those moments where it's like oh no like one time i was operating a camera and i fell asleep and so i had to have the director and the headset be like wake up camera three wake up camera three because you know um stuff like that i know you've got to have a couple like funny stories like that or whatever i mean students running to tim Hortons in the middle of a service is pretty funny i guess but like <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh man, you caught me in a pickle there. There's a lot of like nightmare stories for sure. The the oh. Tim Hortons run. That's just uh, oh, good grief kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
We'll share a nightmare story then. Just like because that was gonna be that was gonna be another question anyway. So, <laughs> um, I know it was a couple couple years ago. We're at camp, and uh, one of the bands had brought in a bunch of Long of McQuaid rental microphones, wireless microphones. And we're doing our practices. I got about six mics. And uh, if there's something that you want to learn about uh, cheap wireless microphones, you can only have so many. So and they many. usually share the same space as uh, a, a Wi-Fi, you know, when you're on the lower end of the Yeah, of the yeah, 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 we're near. And uh, practice went fine. Everything was good. And as soon as students came in, with all their, you know, a couple hundred cell phones, we started having a lot of issues. And uh, there's a couple of us volunteers in the back. And there we are. We're, we're picking up the wireless mic receivers. We're trying to hold them at the right angle. Is this going to work? Is this going to work? <laughs> we're at, at the end of it, there's like four of us. And we're all holding these wireless mic receivers in the air, spaced apart. Uh, and it, it got us through about 20 minutes of, of worship without any dropouts. That was our only solution at the time. Uh, we definitely cut the wireless microphones after that night. Heck but, yeah. uh, you know, good planning goes a long way. But uh, <laughs> it was it was a funny moment for sure to look back. And there's four guys, pretty much like a human antenna, both hands in the <laughs> air, trying to hold this. We're balancing cables. We're just trying to get through it. And I don't know how many people noticed after the first minute or two, we're all like spraying into action. Like what's happening? That's so. awesome, though. The fact that, like, your team just, like, stepped up like that, too, is, like, pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 and I've had this, I've actually had this nightmare, like, in my, at night before, <laughs> um, after it happened. Uh, back at my home church, we had, like, we had some, like, pretty cheap, like, AliExpress lights. Like, mm. they're, like, yeah, they're really cheap. Um, and... Like our computer was like really good. We were running really good programming and, and all that stuff. Like very simple stuff. We didn't even have any movers. It was all just like fade colors and stuff. Yeah. But one day the like computer just died. Just middle of the service. Just went kaput. And all of our lights on stage like went completely off. And like we're, we're live streaming. And so it's yeah. like the whole thing just goes dark. And, like, yeah, I run and turn the house lights on, but it's, yeah. like, there are these, like, really old, ugly, like, chandelier-style lights that are, like, hanging there with these, like, real cheap, dim bulbs in there. So yeah. it's, like, barely lights the stage. And I'm, like, okay, well, we have those, like, big, like, how, like uh, arena lights. I don't remember, yeah. like, the big ones. And I was, like, okay, well, I'm going to go and turn those things on. So I run to the back, turn the breakers on, get them all turned on, and they take, like, forever to turn on because they like heat up and stuff and it was and they did have that wicked buzz they're like and they're just like turning <laughs> on and stuff and i was like it was terrible that's and how was how was the worship environment when that when that changed oh completely completely lost we didn't like <laughs> the band just kept playing as best as they could but it's like yeah what, what are they gonna do right like you know everybody turns around and looks at the booth and they're like what happened and, <laughs> And that's so, when you offer them a position on on the tech team, right? Yeah, the volunteer. Yeah. <laughs> well, at that point, it, it I like, yeah. Um. Now I gotta say. Now, what's one like really fun, like memorable, like story that you have of like something that was like super fun? That it's like your dream that you got to accomplish in terms of like maybe it was like hitting a certain cue or something like that. I don't know. I successfully want to do a kabuki drop at some point in my like ministry career. I don't know how or when, but I am going to do one. That's awesome. Um, trying to think back here. We've done one of the most like, so I think you already referenced it. It's with a bunch of clouds. This was, yeah. I think two years ago, it was part of a, a youth week-long missions initiative. It's called Soar Heartland. It's with the uh, Mennonite Brethren. Yeah, uh, yeah I know but it's, Yeah, they get the students do inner city mission work over spring break, and in the evenings they come and uh, they have like a worship, teaching, games, stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, so the theme that year had related to being on the mountaintop um, and and hearing the Lord. You know, not in the not in the wind or the thunder or whatever. And so we had built this sort of mountaintop 
landscape. So there were some rocks placed on stage and we had a wall of essentially clouds. That's what it was. It was like a, I think in the end, it was like a 400 square foot cloud wall we made. And behind it was LED tape, probably AliExpress. And I never be in there. We're setting this up late night, the the night before. And it's like 2 a.m. And everything's like sort of in place. And the first time we turned on the lights, I never sitting back just in one of the chairs with a volunteer. And we're so mesmerized by how these lights look, because as the, the clouds are like different thicknesses and the lights are in there, it had this very like 3D mesmerizing effect. It looked like lightning was like running through the clouds. Yeah. And that like that, like hair standing on end, like mm-hmm. almost like that body shiver. I never sitting back there. I'm like, oh, my, what did we just make? Like, I could draw this up on a piece of paper, but I don't know how we accomplish this. Yeah. Uh, and that whole idea, like, you know, I for events and whatnot, like I, I get a verse or a theme and I usually just like sit, contemplate, sit in prayer. And like that one just like came to me like in a dream. Uh, and we're like, all right, let's do it. And I never even like I didn't put it on paper. I we just went in and did what we could. Um, and like I'd never million years thought it would look like that. And it's probably one of my favorite looks, you know, favorite favorite stage element stage design that actually tied with the theme so well and that was that was like middle of covid we transitioned that year there wasn't that many kids in the room because the cohort restrictions and so it we made that specifically so that we could live stream out of it so there's about 10 other churches that had their groups and they were all watching on a on a big screen and the feedback we received after that was just just awesome because I everyone's tried to maybe worship along with a YouTube stream <laughs> yeah. these last couple of years, and it's it's hit or miss, right? Like part of the reason we put so much effort into production is to be able to create an experience that transplants you into the room, yes, and remove that barrier. Um, and this was very early on. This was I think the first like spring break of COVID. And I still remember that feeling and like the response we got was fantastic. We're still doing stuff for that ministry. Like we, they brought us in specifically so that we could help create a, a live stream experience that like felt mm. meaningful to kids. Cause it's, it's so difficult. Yeah. And um, we've all experienced it on both ends, trying to produce it and try to watch it. And like, you know, it's not hitting, you know, I'm going to go back to bed. Church is over. hundred <laughs> percent. Yep. But yeah, that's one that sticks with me very well. And so it's always been like a benchmark of, uh, how do we create an experience that that puts you in the room if it's online or if you're in the room how does it how does it tailor what we're trying to accomplish here how do we put you into the moment or put you on the mountaintop in this case 100% i love that like that's that's super cool um now i have to i have asked this to all of my like younger guests especially ones that it's just me <laughs> and it's very important and it will determine if I publish this episode or not. Oh my goodness. Are you team sloppy wet kiss or team unforeseen kiss? Oh, definitely sloppy wet all the way. Right answer. <laughs> that is the only correct answer. Oh, good. 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 I, I, uh, I'm kidding. I'll publish the episode no matter what, but, um, I've, I interviewed some people and they, they were unforeseen kiss and I was like, wow, that's like, Wow, yeah, I think what? Unforeseen Kiss runs into some consent issues. I yes, don't know about ex- that. But. Yes, exactly. Thank you. And like, everybody <laughs> that said Sloppy Wet has said the exact same thing. It's a consent <laughs> thing or whatever. So um, I'm just glad that you, <laughs> that you said that. Um, thank you so much for coming on, James. I, uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, I truthfully would love to like do this again at some point. And uh, I've wanted to do one very specific, like, I'd love to sit down and actually talk about like the needy gritty nerdy stuff of like everything yeah. that we do, but like that might have to be a different podcast. Cause I really don't think the average <laughs> listener is going to want to talk about, you know, the wattage of RGB tape and the frequency that <laughs> it needs to be at to not create scan lines on a camera and stuff. So we'll have yep. to save that discussion for another time. <laughs> well, sounds um, great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, now do I always end with this. Do you have like a favorite worship song or like something that you've been like listening to as of late? Like what's that one thing that like, um, it's been getting you through lately. Like what's the one, your favorite worship song or something, favorite verse, anything. 
favorite song of the last year for me has been uh, Protector by Kim Walker Smith. And if you watch that on YouTube, there's a great live music video with it. Yeah. But uh, it's just a it's a beautiful song. I'd recommend it to all. Perfect. Uh, I'm going to put that in the episode description. You guys can go and listen to it. I have never actually heard that song either, so I'm going to go listen to it next. Um, Sounds but good. again, thank you, James. Um, I just We're going to wrap up this episode of Forgiven, so thank you to all of our listeners um, out there. Uh, I am extremely grateful um, for, for the amount of people that have actually like been listening. Um, we're close to 600 listens. And it was only two weeks ago that I announced that we were at like 400 and something. So you guys are sharing it and God has just been glorified through that. And so, you know, I don't care how popular this is. I do this because I know that God's called me to do it. Um, but if you truly want to help others become inspired and empowered, please share the Forgiven podcast around. We're on all the um, podcast platforms. Or even on YouTube, we actually have a couple exclusive audio and video episodes up there, so you guys can go and check that out. Um, and so, yeah, just keep sharing it around and let God be glorified in what we do. Um, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, God bless you. Have a great day.